SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. My name is Brad Brown with you for the next half hour. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be chatting some golf. The Nedbank Golf Challenge uh, announcing today that defending champion Alex Noren is returning. Uh, we'll chat to Michael Flismas about that and who else is coming uh, to play in Africa's major. We'll also preview this evening's UEFA Champions League action and we'll also talk some crickets with veteran Justin Ontong. Uh, tonight we'll hear from the Bok camp ahead of this weekend's test against Australia. Speaking of rugby, good news for the box. Uh, it seems Warren Whiteley's rehabilitation is on track. That according to the team doctor. It'll see the eighth man who's been sidelined with injury since June return to action in time for the Springboks end of year tour to Europe. Meanwhile, New Zealand's Ben O'Keefe will wreck uh, referee Saturday's championship clash uh, against Australia in Bloemfontein. He'll be assisted by Frenchman Jerome Garcia and Japan's uh, Shuhei Kubo with England's Rowan Kitts, the television match official for the day. Formula One news. Francis Pierre Gasly will make his Formula One debut in Malaysia this weekend. That after Toro Rosso confirmed he will take Danny Kvyat's place. And finally in cycling news, South Africa's Vili Smit has signed for Team Katusha Alperson for the 2018 cycling season. Coming up next, we'll chat some golf. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader. And if you're listening to PN Live this afternoon, you would have heard that defending champion for the Nedbank Golf Challenge, Alex Morin, the world number 14, announcing that he'll be back at the Gary Player Country Club in November to defend his title. We're joined now by a man who's no stranger to golf in South Africa. Uh, he's the man in the know, Michael Flismas. He joins us. Michael, welcome back onto SAFM Sports Trump. Great that the defending champion is coming back. Absolutely, Brad. Um, it's such a great player, Alex Norton. I mean, you know, in 2016, probably the hottest player on the planet. Four, four victories in 2016, one of them, the last of which being the Ned Bank Golf Challenge, which he won with a, a phenomenal final round of 63 and uh, coming from, I think it was six shots behind to win that one. So, uh, so good to have him, uh, have him back uh, for, the, uh, for, for this year's event. Yeah, we've seen it so often, defending champions come back and not in the greatest of form, but uh, as you rightly say, he is uh, red hot at the moment, and, and he'll be hoping to, to, to double up in, in November at Sun City. Absolutely. He's, uh, he, you know, he's, he's really the, the, the quintessential late bloomer in golf. You know, turned pro in 2005 and, and won in his first year out on the European Challenge Tour, which is that sort of, you know, the, 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 the graduation tour to the main tour. Won in, in 2006 on the Challenge Tour, got his card on the main tour, and then was a steady winner on the European Tour. But, but you know, a really hard worker, dedicated to golf, and uh, too much so in his own admission, you know, just, just worked too hard on the game a little bit. Um, got injured as a result of that, took a step back and said, there's got to be a better way to do this, and then got a little bit of perspective about life, you know, had a child as well, which, Definitely brings golf into perspective, and uh, and realised you know there's a, there's another way to do this, and it, I, I think you know I read a stat that I think it took him 214 starts to win his first four European wow. Tour events. It then took him for his next four European Tour victories. It was something like in the space of five months, and that was that 2016 stretch. Um, so so he really is a phenomenal player. You know Thomas Bjorn himself was saying that you don't get many players that win so much in such a short space of time, and, and, and he did that. Um, and, and, you know, he started 2017 with a bang as well, 
in, in, in the sense of winning the BMW PGA Championship on the Rolex Series, of which the Nedbank Golf Challenge is a part. So, uh, you know, I think he, he is a really exciting player. He's number 14 in the world, and uh, he will say a player under the radar and somebody nobody would recognize, and, and he might be right, but I think his golf speaks volumes, and I think he is, he is definitely an exciting player to watch. He obviously realized what school fees were going to cost and decided he needed to start winning. <laughs> Michael, as far as the South Africans go, I mean, there, there hasn't been too many names announced coming to Sun City, but uh, two big South Africans uh, are confirmed already. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Stone was the first to book his place, and, and that was as a result of, of, of winning the Sunshine Tour Order of Merit um, last season. So, so he was in by default as a result of that. But, um, you know, Louis Wersthaisen is in. And, uh, and, you know, you'll get more of the South Africans being confirmed by virtue of their ranking. But, but yes, I think it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a, a traditionally strong South African field. And, and, you know, the South Africans certainly feel that, that, that one statistic that certainly rankles with them. The fact that, um, a South African hasn't won it all the way back to Trevor Immelman, who was the last South African to win the Nedbank Golf Challenge. You know, it is Africa's major, and they like to keep it that way. And and it's become, you know, it it it, it, it hasn't been a South African winner since then. So they they're pretty determined to to change that. And I think this year, certainly in Brandon Stone, you've got somebody who recognizes what this tournament means, uh, appreciates the history, appreciates um, you know his part having been there, seen it growing up. Gone with his father, Kevin, watched the, the greats and, and, and growing up wanting to be part of this tournament. And uh, definitely, you know, he was out at Gary Player Country Club just recently, tweeted a couple of shots, preparing, playing the golf course, getting ready. So I think, I think there's definitely, a, you know, a motivation amongst the South Africans to change that stat. And, uh, I mean, the odds, I don't want to say they're stacked against him, but the odds, the odds have definitely weakened uh, with, with the change in format to, to the way it was years ago where it was strictly a, a very small field invite only. It's a, pretty much a full field now that you would see it at any tournament week in, week out, and all the big names do come. Well, well certainly you've got, I mean, it is, it, it is, it's a full European tour event now, a Rolex series event. It's, you, know, and that, 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 you know, that Rolex series basically is the European tour's answer to to, to the PGA Tour, and it's, and it's, you know, taking our, you know, or taking their seven, eight top, top tournaments and saying, you know, let, let's really celebrate these events. Um, you know, I think it's a great, uh, you know, set in South Africa's cap that, that, that we've got them, and we've got one of them in the Nedbank Golf Challenge, and, uh, and it really is a sense of saying, you know, these are the events that, that, that attract our top, top players. So, um, so it, it, it will be a very strong field. It, it, it's a strong golf course, um, so I do think you will get, you know, and, and you know, the South Africans certainly you will get a, a really strong South African presence challenging for that title. So, so I think it is, you know, and they will be playing against the best on the European tour. So I, I think it will, all, you know, all round, I think it will be a really, really strong week in that sense. Yeah, it always is, Michael Flissman. It's always great to catch up. Thanks for your time this evening on SAFM Sports Tramp. We look forward to catching up again soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Some big football to look forward to this evening in Europe as well. Match day two of the UEFA Champions League. We join now by football pundit Neil Gregg. Neil, welcome on to SAFM Small Trap this evening. Nice to catch up once again. Always good, Brad. Uh, after a long weekend, uh, ready for 
for some top-notch football. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mentioned some big games. I think the biggest of them all, Borussia Dortmund, up against Real Madrid. Borussia at home. Uh, I would say after a shock loss last week to Tottenham Hotspur, but uh, Real Madrid, as always, uh, they, they, they'll be dangerous, whether they're at home or away. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the test is, is there for the Germans, make no mistake. But um, I think from an African point of view, we're always very interested in Dortmund. Uh, with their um, Gabonese striker, uh, Obama Young. So I think there's always an interest to see how he performs. And, you know, on his day and on his night, um, he can always cause damage. So I think Madrid will be wary of the attack of Dortmund and what they can do. And so it should be a good test. Yeah, absolutely. Liverpool, uh, they got off uh, to a great start last week. Uh, they picked up points at home that they would have preferred a win, but uh, they're on the roads tonight uh, up against... Uh, they're playing Spartak Moscow. Should be a, should be a tough clash in, in Russia. Difficult for Liverpool. I mean, especially in the Champions League. I mean, the big, the big school of thought is that they don't have the squad depth to really challenge at this level. Uh, obviously, on their night, Liverpool can be dangerous, and they have an amazing attacking force, lots of lots of pace and creativity. So, it can work wonders in moments in the match. But whether they can last for a full Champions League season and English Premier League season with the squad depth, especially with the defensive positions, I think that's going to be their big question mark. No doubt. Uh, and then looking at Man City, they're at home tonight as well. I mean, they with the squad that they've got, you talk Liverpool being thin, Man City should have no excuses. They should be challenging for titles, uh, not just at home, but across Europe as well, up against Shakhtar Donetsk. I think the expectation is that they should be by now. You know, they've had some some uh, not rather less impressive outings in the Champions League. But with Guardiola there and with the players that they've got now, I think the expectation is that they'll be... They'll be up there challenging, you know, the top eight uh, clubs in, in Europe. That's what they expect it to be right now. So the pressure is really on there to to kind of turn it over now in Europe and, and go up to the next level. Yeah, sometimes uh, that that's probably worse than, than a team like Liverpool where, yeah, I mean, yes, people are chuffed that they're there, but no one's really expecting them to win. So if they do pick up points, it's, it's a bonus, whereas Man City almost expected to. The other English side in action this yeah. evening as well, Tottenham Hotspur, who got their campaign off to a fabulous start uh, last week, getting the, the Wembley hoodoo uh, <laughs> off, their, off their name, and then they go and uh, mess it up uh, on the weekend. But, uh, yeah, they, they picked up full points in, in their first one, a great win. They're on the road tonight. Absolutely, and I think it's 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 good for I think it's good for the English game and obviously all the Spurs supporters to see just a fresh team, you know, a new team with exciting young players. Um, they really do play a good brand of football. People enjoy watching Spurs, um, and certainly in in England they've had a, a wonderful defence. You know, goalkeeper top notch. The, the back four have done well in the Premier League, which has almost given the platform to the attacking team to to do wonders, you know. And so in the, in the Premier League, it's been tested. Uh, I'd like to see in Europe what what that what the test will be on on their defensive display and and the, and the squad depth that they have. I think from an attacking point of view, they've got the quality, they've got the players. Um, but when it comes to this level, uh, can they hold up in terms of their squad depth, their experience at this level, and also the defence under pressure? So I think those will be the the, the, the talking points around Spurs. 
And looking at a, at a team like Spurs, you mentioned also the depth for, for Liverpool. Teams, teams like Spurs and, and Liverpool, how, how do you think they should be approaching this thing? You know, is it a case of, you know what, we're in another competition, we need to focus on, on domestic, or, or do they put all their eggs in the European basket and almost neglect what's happening at home? It, it is a tough one, particularly when it comes to depth. It's very difficult. It's very, very, I think they're in a, a, you know, in one way, it's a more difficult situation because you could say, look, we've got to care what's going back on back home in our Premier League because we want to challenge for honours. More especially, we want to make sure we're in Champions League the following season. And those are the two targets always. But I think for a Man City or Chelsea, even, you know, it's tougher because they're expected to win both. You know, the kind of money that's been spent and the quality of players, the quality of managers at both Chelsea and City, uh, they are expected to win the Premier League and fight for honours in the Champions League. So those expectations are, are high. So they might have a better squad depth and quality. Um, and that's a, a great advantage. But it comes with a different responsibility as well. Whereas with Spurs and Liverpool, you can they can go for it. And, but but the, the, the trick for their managers, for Klopp and uh, um, Mauricio, is how do, you, how do you balance it? You know, how do you balance it? That's the question. And I think for them, though, however far they get in Champions League, um, it's 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 a step in the right direction this season. Uh, they've improved in the Premier League. They're they're in Europe. They're making some early inroads, and I think for them it's just to actually more more than anything, it's for their players to actually get accustomed to the different level of quality and the different style of football they come up against. Because every week it's a different style of football. It's not the Premier League, and uh, and that's the big thing. The players need to understand that and get used to that and that's a, that's a massive adjustment absolutely all they all kick off quarter to nine this evening South African time Maribor up against Sevilla as well Besticas uh, face Leipzig uh, also looking at Napoli and Feyenoord San Porto travel to Monaco so a full evening of fixtures uh, in store Neil Gregg AfricanFootball.com thank you so much for your time this evening much appreciated we look forward to, to catching up again soon here on SAFM Sports Trap a pleasure. Enjoy the football, everyone, and uh, hope you all have a good evening. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader and uh, some big stories in uh, cricket in the news today. Obviously, that one of uh, Ben Stokes being arrested early hours of Monday morning ahead uh, of the fourth one international against the West Indies tomorrow. Some big rule changes being implemented by the ICC as well. But last week, uh, the opening round of the Sunfoil series underway, and there were some uh, big scores uh, across all three of the fixtures and it's quite weird that all three of the fixtures ended in draws at the end of the day but uh, one of the gentlemen who uh, scored a century was Justin Ontong Justin, welcome on to uh, SAFM Sports Trap this evening thanks for, for joining us tonight yeah. uh, Thanks for having me uh, Am I allowed to say you're one of the veterans of South African cricket? <laughs> uh, I've, I've been hearing that word quite a bit, so I, I, I think you're allowed to say it, yes <laughs> it, it must be nice having been around for this long to, to still get into the runs Yes, uh, it's it's always a nice feeling when you get your season started with the with the century. Um, like you said, there's been uh, so many centuries scored over the last weekend, and um, yeah, it was uh, batsman was was really cashing in. Um, so yeah, it's always nice to get off to a, to a start like that uh, personally. But um, at the end of the day, I would like to see the team win also. Yeah, absolutely. Justin, you, you talk about getting the season off to a start. I mean, as a batsman, often you go through through lean patches, but when, when the opportunity does present itself, you do need to cash in, and confidence must be pretty high at, at the start of the season when you do get off to a, a start like you have. 
Yes, um, I actually started off with a naught in my first <laughs> inning, so, <laughs> and then um, uh, when I saw that the Knights put on a big score like that, and I think the wicket just got better and better, and um, um, and, and it was so nice for batting. Uh, I told myself not to not to throw it away in the second innings, and and really look to knuckle down and and and, and cash in, and I think it also helped that. Uh, we needed to bat for for two days, and um, I had I had the legend in Hashim Amlan on the other side, <laughs> and um, he was batting quite well. So it was I had the best seat in the house actually, and um, it was just nice batting with him, and he's got such a calmness around him. Yeah, better that way around. Uh, duck first innings, century and second, then a century and duck. At least you, you're heading out of the game with a bit of form. But <laughs> you, you talk about that, that fight back. I mean, you guys were in, in a bit of trouble and you did need to bat for a long, long time. It must be pretty satisfying. I mean, coming away with a draw, yes, it's not a win. But for the Cobras, it must feel like a win. Yes, and uh, I thought I thought in the first innings we, we um, threw our wickets away. Um, we did win the toss. What we wanted to do was to bat first, um, because we had a look at the, the wicket and it was such a nice wicket. But, um, unfortunately for us in our first innings, um, we didn't capitalize on that. And then we put ourselves on the back foot. Um, and then the Knights made us pay for that, uh, putting up a big first inning score. And then, um, yeah, the perpetrations were that we needed to bat for two days to, to save the game. And in the end, uh, we managed to do that. So, Overall, for, uh, from the team's uh, um, point of sake, um, the, I thought um, a lot of confidence can be taken into the next game uh, with momentum, um, especially from the batting side of, of things. Um, but um, in the end, we also need to take 20 wickets to, to win a 4-8 game. So, so hopefully we can do that against the Warriors this, this coming weekend. You mentioned uh, having the best seat in the house for that incredible innings from, from Hashim Amla. It's the first time in a while that uh, the current contracted Proteus players uh, have played four-day cricket domestically. Uh, and, and some of the batters really have been struggling for form on international stage. How important do you think it was for, for someone like Hash to, to get a big score this weekend heading into the Bangladesh shoes? Yes. Uh, firstly, it was, it was fantastic having Ash and and Kemba around. Um, it's not often you get to play with the pro tiers and uh, um, just from my from my sake also that have been playing for 20 years now, it's good to see that th- these guys are coming back and um, especially um, um, for the younger players in the team to, to just just to experience how these guys go about their work um, which was phenomenal and I think a guy like um, Aviwe Makajima also scored 100 in that game I think he learned a lot from just watching how Hashimamla batted. Um, so I think for it was a great experience for the youngsters to to experience Hashimamla and Temba Bumi in the team, and just they they just sharing their knowledge and the and the calmness that they bring in the, in the environment. Absolutely. You mentioned two decades of playing at at this level. You still you still enjoying it? How many seasons you still got left in you, Justin? Yes, uh, I'm still enjoying it. Um, I'm just listening to my body <laughs> at this stage. Um, uh, the body's still good. I had a, a pretty good uh, pre-season uh, with the guys um, uh, with fitness and uh, trying to keep up with the youngsters. But the, the body is talking to me a little bit. Uh, small little niggles, but not major things uh, that would. And, uh, and hopefully I can, can get through the season without any uh, big scares. Um, but yes, I'm enjoying my cricket so far. Um, I just want to see um, the Cat Cobras uh, get back to the 
the, the, the top of, of franchise cricket in South Africa um, where we belong. Absolutely. Well, Justin, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for your time this evening on SAFM Sports Track. Best of luck for the rest of the season, and let's hope there's lots more hundreds for you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, eh? and uh, uh, thanks to the viewers out there, and keep supporting the Cape Cobras, please. <laughs> You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. On to some rugby now here on SAFM. Springbok assistant coach Franco Smith believes their turnaround strategy for the team after their 57-0 drubbing at the hands of the All Blacks last weekend will entail a ball-in-hand approach and an emphasis on attack ahead of their Castle Lager Rugby Championship test against Australian Bloemfontein on Saturday. Smith says it's easier to get back from the loss against the All Blacks as a team and as they can only improve from that point. I've been pretty blessed in my life um, in the sense that I've been involved with teams that's been here a lot of times. Mm. So to get back to uh, from a 50-point 50 50 point loss is, uh, is actually um, much easier than people think in the sense that uh, you can only improve on that. Mm. And uh, we're actually you know, looking at the game um, in depth uh, often and more times, I suppose, most other people do. You, you get a real feel what was happening out there, and uh, so the main thing for us is to get the ball back in our hands. I think we, uh, fact of the matter is, especially the second half, we were um, completely without the ball. Um, we dominated the territory uh, against the All Blacks first half, 63%. We were really uh, having a good, good go at them in the first 20, and unfortunately, because of maybe our set piece not functioning as it should, we hardly could get the ball in hand. We was we were just uh, thriving on on turnover ball or counter attack possibilities. So, um, so basically, um, what we've prepared for now, we wanted to play against the uh, the All Blacks, couldn't come to light due to you know our starters not going well. So. Um, it's, e- it's easy, I think uh, there's enough said about the All Black Test what we're going to do to how to turn it around is I believe that with the ball in hand we are a real factor I believe that winning the World Cup in 2019 will be about a team whose general attack is uh, best developed and uh, because 90% of the game consists out of a general attack played from nowhere Smith says to change the mindset of players takes time, but he also understands that they don't have the luxury of time at international level. Smith wants the Springboks to use every moment together to try and gel as a team and they need to convert the opportunities they create into points. Having worked with a, with a, new, mindset or brought a new mindset in the last four years in South Africa since I've returned, I know that it takes a bit of time. Uh, uh, obviously at this level we don't have that time and all that luxury. So every moment, if it's uh, in training or even in the games that's ahead, we need to gel as a team and uh, keep look up better after the ball, get our shape, um, uh, our general shape as quickly as possible, get the transfers. Um, in general, generally, um, I believe sides with the ball has the best chance to score a try. So um, if, we, uh, if we can look after it better, we get, we're already playing on the right side of the field, um, dominating territory like we did even against the side where we lost. Um, it's important for us not just to convert that uh, opportunities and points. Smith also revealed that the players are very eager to make amends for the defeat against the All Blacks and they would have gained a lot of experience in facing and playing against the world champions in New Zealand. Now look, uh, that's actually you know, part of, the, I believe, the character building of a team. You know, experience is not what you know, it's what you do with what you know. And unfortunately, experience is the only way you can gain experience is by experiencing it. 
So I think yeah, we were on a roll, six games where we haven't lost. We played some good rugby and there were some good things and the team culture was carrying us. And, uh, and it still never changed. But um, suddenly under pressure, with high expectation, maybe got to some of the, some of the guys being young. I think a third of our teams faced the hockey for the first time. So we have a number of guys that's played less than 10 tests. And um, having faced the Arkham myself, it is quite intimidating. You can, you can make it off and you can say it's not, but it's suddenly the big thing that you dream of in your life. I mean, as a young player, most players here would like to play the All Blacks. would like to stand there in front of the Arkham with all the hype in, and want to beat uh, New Zealand in New Zealand. It's uh, still humans out there. So, um, yeah, now we've gained that experience. Um, I think a lot of the big eyed um, nervousness will be um, something of the past. And uh, to get them back, in, there was no need. The guys were so determined and, and hunger this week. I mean, yesterday we literally had to rein them in at training because they, they were really, they are so prepared to, to make this right. So, from a coach's point of view, it was the easiest thing this week. I think we all wanted, even on the plane back, we, and it was a tough week living in South Africa with that loss after we've really uh, were on top of the wave. So I think the guys can't wait to get out there, and that's no need for a coach to inspire them. Smith believes that the Wallabies will play to their strengths to keeping ball in hand and has urged the box to set the tone of the game from the onset. Oh, look, uh, funny enough, the 52 loss point loss at home a couple of weeks ago I think they all were this more or less the same place we were and they came out against the All Black second test and now with the Argentinian test you know and got their feet back on the ground back on the, on the, on the field and with, with, with a good confident feel um, they've went, went gone back to their points of reference which I think was something we will leave we'll take out of their book and uh, I believe this week they're going to try and keep the ball. They want to play as well because that is the type of team they have. They've got some good distribu- distributors, good decision makers and an extremely good uh, um, strike runners. So I think they will go to where these strengths are. Um, we expect a high ball in play. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game from their side as well. Um, and uh, I believe that uh, they're the type of team that once they get the snowball um, rolling, they just become uh, more confident. So it's going to be important for us to, to, to from the start, uh, put our stempel on the gap. The last time the Wallabies beat the Springboks at altitude was in Bloemfontein seven years ago with a last gasp Kirtley Beal penalty. Smith says the Springboks need to be wary of the Wallabies charging out of the starting blocks with the aim of accumulating quick points, but says the box will need to keep firm control of the game. I'm sure there's, a, there's a, the fact that the, the height above sea level is much different uh, plays as a factor, but you know we're going to not look into the past to win this one. It's going to be important for us to control the things we can control, to, to play properly and expect everything from them. They must have learned their lessons over the years coming to players in the high felt or at altitude, so I expect that, uh, or we expect that they will approach this game addressing the fact that they haven't uh, won here for a while and the fact that we've always played them in the high level. So I suppose they might manage the, the intensity a little bit better, but I believe, you know, um, knowing them, they will hopefully will try and score as much points as they can in the beginning of the game and ask us to catch up. So um, I believe, you know, that, that, that they've learned their lessons over the years and I don't think, but we're not going to look to the past. We're going to see what we can control in this game.
With Bill and Israel Folau, the fullback, identified as major threats for the Springboks, Smith says it'll be important to limit their space and keep the ball away from the duo. At the same time, Smith wants the Springboks to dictate play and force the Wallabies to adapt to their style of play. Yeah, of course, uh, I think they've got more than those two threats. With these, those two guys are playing good rugby. Um, obviously, Kirtley uh, is more of a, a play creator, so he's more a threat. Um, you know, he puts people around him in space, so he's a um, playmaker, plays a lot big playmaking role. Yeah, which we'll have to obviously limit his space. I think we did it quite well in in Perth, and uh, yeah, as of now, is a extremely good player especially in the air um, so and he's got some good feet it's going to be important to you know limit his space and to make sure that uh, that we keep the ball away from him and, and kick the ball away from him as often as we can so yeah but it, we have a specific plan for this week um, to maintain like I said it's important what the wallet is going to bring but it's for us now where we at as a team more important what we can do and hopefully they can adapt into what we've been doing SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, that Bok team announcement will take place on Thursday at 2 o'clock, and we'll have news uh, on that on PM Live on Thursday afternoon. But in news uh, in a short while ago, the Bok have released Dan Dupree, Sibusiso uh, Nkosi, as well as Raymond Rule to their provinces uh, for Curry Cup and Pro 14 duties. So uh, three players leaving the Bok squad this week. And some other news, uh, you mentioned, or I mentioned it earlier on this afternoon, Ben Stokes being arrested uh, in Bristol in a bus up in a nightclub early hours of yesterday morning. Uh, he's not available for selection for that fourth ODI against the West Indies. Alex Hales was with Ben Stokes when that incident occurred. He'll also not play tomorrow. England have announced that Sam Billings has been called up uh, as cover for the